as you return to your seats, get your Bibles for a few moments tonight. I think it was Elizabeth Taylor that told her fifth husband she wouldn't hold him long. And I, that may be my testimony tonight too. (laughs) Hebrews the 11th chapter. Hebrews the 11th chapter. I'm going to continue. I tried Sunday morning to preach a little bit about faith. I feel like I need to go back. Let's go to the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter. I'm going to read just a few verses to begin with. King James Version reads like this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, everybody say by it, for by it. The elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen are not made of things which do appear. A faith able offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was found, was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. Impossible to please him. It is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And everybody said amen. You may be seated. Just hold your Bibles for a moment because I'm going to go back. I want to read from a couple of translations just to magnify in your mind uh, the direction that I would like to go tonight. Reading from the New International Version, it says, Faith is being sure of what we hope for. It is being certain of what we do not see. That is what the people of long ago were praised for. We have faith, so we understand that everything was made when God commanded it. That's why we believe that what we see was not made out of what could be seen. Abel had faith, so he offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain. Because of his faith, Abel was praised as a godly man, God said good things about his offerings because of his faith. Abel still speaks. He speaks even though he is dead. Enoch had faith, so he was taken from this life. He didn't die. He just couldn't be found. God had taken him away 
Before God took him, Enoch was praised as one who pleased God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Those who come to God must believe that he exists. And they must believe that he rewards those who look to him. I'm going to read now from the New Living Translation. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It is by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. I'm reading now from the message translation, and it reads like this. The fundamental fact, fundamental fact is this, is that this is true. For the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd. By faith, we see the world called into existence by God's Word. What we see created by what we don't see. By an act of faith, Abel brought a better sacrifice to God than Cain. It was what he believed, not what he brought that made the difference. I like that. It was what he believed, not just what he brought that made the difference. That's what God noticed and approved as righteous. After all these centuries, that belief continues to catch our notice. By an act of faith, Enoch skipped death completely. They looked all over and couldn't find him because God had taken him. We know on the basis of reliable testimony that before he was taken, he pleased God. It's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that He exists and that He cares enough to respond to those who seek Him.
I could continue to read from various translations to magnify your uh, understanding of our text tonight, but I will not. I will stop there. I love the the book of Hebrews, but I love the 11th chapter of Hebrews. I love Hebrews because it speaks of better things. You will find often mentioned in Hebrews of the better things of the new covenant. But Hebrews 11, we have come to regard it as the hall of faith or the hall of fame of faith. And I am convinced tonight that as God's people, we need to visit it often in our walk with Him. I believe that it is important that regularly you come back to Hebrews 11 and read over and over again the accounts that are recorded in this wonderful chapter. Hebrews 11 is one of those chapters that when you ponder it, the longer you ponder it, the more you realize you don't understand all that you need to understand. It's one of those chapters that you need to linger over and and let it breathe into you its life and the fragrance of, uh, of its aroma. There's something about Hebrews 11, that no matter how discouraged or despondent you are, if you begin reading Hebrews 11, you cannot read it from beginning to end without feeling better in some way. Because when we go to Hebrews 11 and ponder and consider each example that is given, in some way it strengthens our own faith in our own situation. It shows us what faith in God can do. I I really love to read Hebrews 11 from the Amplified Bible because every time it uses the term by faith, in the Greek it had a different nuance. There were different meanings to the word by. And so when you're reading in the Amplified Bible, it magnifies Every one of those references, by faith, Enoch, by faith, Noah. And it, 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 it enlarges its meaning where one time it speaks of one who is enabled by faith, one who is empowered by faith, another who is encouraged by faith. Every time you involve yourself in faith, There is the potential of those things happening. You're going to be encouraged. You're going to be lifted up. You're going to be shown that there is a way, even though apparently by visible means there seems to be nothing. And so we see in Hebrews 11 what can happen when we believe God. And I think we need a lot of that right now because we've got a lot to believe God for. Amen. Looking at faith through the lens of these different individuals cannot do anything but inspire you. I read it again today, and every time I would go back through it, it would inspire me anew. It it made me want to have that kind of faith, that kind of assurance. 
Faith is something that we all need, and I think we would all agree with that. You cannot live without faith, and faith is essential. The Scripture says you can't come to God except by faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. It's utterly essential to our life, and yet here is the strange thing about faith. None of us were born with it. Not the kind of faith I'm talking about. The kind of faith I'm talking about comes by one means, and that's hearing and hearing the word of the Lord. The kind of faith, I'm not talking about just an expectancy of something good. There's a natural faith that, uh, that is a part of our life that just gives us this, this buoyancy and, and gives us this, uh, this, this, um, ability to see life differently, but I'm talking about scriptural faith. Biblical faith is not something that we are born with. It's something that comes to us as we hear the word of God. And as we receive the word of God, faith begins to grow. It is something is engrafted into our lives and it becomes a part of us. And so when we hear the word of God, our faith is is increased. It's inspired it causes it to grow. And when you feed on the Word of God, it will fuel your faith. Amen. Now, you can hang around some people and it will fuel your doubts. But you can't hang around this book and it do anything but fuel your faith. It inspire. It makes you understand that all things are possible when we believe. That when we stand on the Word of God and we put our confidence in the Word of God, then anything is possible. And when we understand the essentiality of the, uh, of faith in our life, it, it is, it is nothing less than standing on the promises of God. For faith in its essential essence is nothing but understanding the promises of God and standing on those promises. And when we understand this, uh, the importance of visiting Hebrews 11, it allows our life to filter our present situation through a different lens than we might perhaps be able to see through. When we visit this chapter and we read its contents and we allow it to sink in and absorb it, we stay long enough that, that, that it gets into our system, in, in, into our thinking, into our psyche. I'm not, I'm not talking about just some, some of the reading that we do is, we, we just, we speed read. Or we're, we're just trying to mark a deal off on our bread calendar. I did my Bible. I'm, I'm not talking about that kind of read. I'm talking about slowly read it, reread it, and absorb it. Let, just soak it in to your system, into your mind. It's amazing when you do that. It gives you a complete different lens through which to view your life or your present situation or your present circumstance. That when you allow faith to rise, that you allow a confidence 
that God is able to keep His Word, that God will keep His Word. It allows you to see life in a way that you were unable to see it prior to then. Prior to that, all you could see were your problems, all that was wrong, all that wasn't right, everything that had gone wrong. But when you start looking at it through this lens of His Word, It allows you to filter out all of the unneeded things that 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 just distract you. Anybody seen the advertisement for these miracle sunglasses that just knock out all the glare and let you see clearly? I mean, they show you a picture of before and then they show you one after with these lenses on in mind. It's it's like uh, 3D optics. It's it's like you've got uh, the ability to see through walls. That's what this book does. That that when you read it and you absorb it and you let it get in your system, it literally changes your point of reference. It changes the way that you look at your present circumstance. It changes the way you address what you're going through or the way you feel about what's going on in your life. Instead of this being the worst day of your life, you realize that with God, this ought to be the best day of my life. Amen. And so when we allow ourselves to go back and go through it and let just soak it in, read it, reread it, read it again and read it again, it allows you to filter your life through a lens of promises that are unfailing, amen, that are never changing, that are established. Now, I want to ask you, where else in the world can you go get that kind of help? You can't get it from the bank because they don't know tomorrow maybe what the interest rate might be. But I can tell you what God's rate's always going to be. You can't always go to your job and get a clear answer. You can't always go to your boss and get clear direction. But you can come to this word and get a clear answer every time. And you can get a clear understanding of where it is you are. And when you put yourself in that point of reference, it changes everything about your problem. It changes the way you address your problem. It changes the way you feel about your problem. They're not a problem anymore. They're a possibility. They're not a problem, but they're a potential. It's an opportunity for God to show himself strong in my behalf. Instead of looking at things as obstacles to overcome, we see them as opportunities for God to reveal himself in our life. And when we go to this book and we look at our life through these lenses... It gives us the opportunity to see our situation the way he sees it. What a difference in the way he looks at my life and the way I look at my life. I'm looking from the bottom side. I'm kind of like the little kid that was watching his grandmother do all of this crocheting and knitting. And he's he's watching her and how intense she is and all he can see on the bottom side are all these strings hanging down and and none of it makes sense. There's no coordination. Some of them are long and short. And finally he said, Grandma, what in the world are you doing? She said, oh, I'm 
I'm, I'm, I'm needle pointing a beautiful scenery of nature. And he looks at it, he thinks, what? That's beautiful? And then she realized what he was looking at. She picks him up, lets him look from this side, and all of a sudden, all of that confusion begins. That's what, that's what this book does. It picks us up. And it gives us a different perspective when we look at our problem. We realize, you know what? This is not confusion. This is not trouble. This is just an opportunity to show, for God to show Himself strong in my behalf and in your... This is not a problem, but a possibility. Somebody say amen. Amen. It gives us the opportunity to look at our circumstances differently. And that would help a lot of us tonight. If you could just see your circumstances a little differently than they are. A different lens to ponder your problems through. Amen. They remind us when we go to this book that God is faithful and that He always keeps His word. You see, people of faith have an advantage over life that others who live without faith do not have. Because faith is more than a philosophy of life. It's a literal way of life. We live by faith. Amen. Everybody say it with me. We live by faith. That means we get up in the morning and we don't decide to put it on. It's already put on. We don't wonder whether we're going to make it through the day. We're going to make it through the day because God is with us. And He will not fail nor be discouraged. We don't get up wondering, am I going to get through this? I promise you, you're going to get through it because God is with you. And God will not allow you to fail. It's something that we live. And here, this is not just something that we say, it's something that we live. And here's something that got a hold of me this today, and I just... I, I. If I don't say anything else, I think this is one thing you have to understand. There is a principle about faith that we must not forget, and that is this. That faith does not make anything easy. It doesn't make anything easy. But it does make all things possible. You know, we are of the opinion sometimes and the way faith is preached among us that faith is a cure-all. It's like old uh, Shambach used to say, don't, uh, don't worry, just have faith in God. That was our little remedy, you know. You, you don't need to be stressed out. You just need to have faith in God. And, and so we pass it off as it's some trivial, some... Uh, some some just cute little saying that really doesn't have any impact because it doesn't save us from our trouble. It doesn't take us out of our dilemma. It delivers us in our dilemma. So faith does not, when you, when we're talking about faith, we're not talking about something that makes life easy. We're talking about what makes life possible. I cannot imagine anybody living a life without faith. Amen. 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 I I can't imagine waking up in the morning and not having some kind of confidence that God's in control. I think I'd go ahead and just pull the rest of my hair out. Amen. But God is in control. 
Amen. I don't care how bad this world gets. I don't how wicked it is. God's in control. And he's the one that's calling the shots. It's not coming from the Democratic Party. It's not coming from the Republicans or the Independents or the whoever. It's not coming from the liberal left or the, or, or, or the conservative right. It's coming from the hand of the Lord. His hand is still orchestrating everything. Amen. So when I get up in the morning, I'm not worried whether a Democrat's in the office or a Republican's in the office. I don't like it sometimes when the wrong one's in there, but I'm not worried about it. Because my life and my success isn't based on who's in the White House. Mine is based on who sits on the throne. And the one that sits on the throne has not abdicated his power or his position over my life. And he rules in the affairs of men. Amen. That's why we need to often come to this book and read it. And read it again and see how men and women live through many trying circumstances. And we understand when we do that. That we are saved through faith. That faith not, not only enables us in that measure, but we're kept through faith. That's what 1 Peter 1 and 5 says. Ephesians uh, 2 and 8 says that we, by grace, are you saved through faith. So when we understand the power and the significance of our faith in God. We understand that that's what is underneath us when everything else drops out from under us, but it sustains us and it keeps us going. And people look at us and wonder, how in the world are you, how are you living through that? You're living through it because faith is holding you up. You're living through it because faith is keeping you. Somebody say, faith keeps me. Every fiery Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16 it's a shield against every fiery dart of the enemy amen faith goes beyond reason it goes beyond understanding it can sing in a prison it glories in tribulation it chooses suffering rather than deliverance the kind of faith I'm talking about will attempt all things as part of God's will it will try, it will work, it will keep going. Our faith is sometimes tried, but it is not tried for the reason that we think. It is not tried to see how weak it is. It is tried to prove its strength, that it works, that it works, that it lasts. I want to close with this, but Abraham is a man that's been on my mind today. I've been reading Romans chapter 4 I challenge you to go back and read Romans 4 about four times and just sit and, and, and ruminate and think about what all Paul said about the faith of Abraham. But Abraham, and, and Abraham is mentioned in Hebrews 11 here by faith. Uh, he, he was called to go out into a place to which he had, he, he had never been and it was going to be his inheritance. And the, and the interesting thing about it, God called him a father before he ever was one. He called him the father of a great nation, and he still didn't have a son of his own. That son would not come for some time, and yet God spoke of what he was. When you're living 
a life of faith. God speaks into your life things that may not be true at the moment, but if you keep living by faith, they will come to pass. And they will be true in your life. But Abraham, he lived by faith and he shows us what it's like living when life doesn't make a lot of sense. First of all, when God passes a hundred years by before he comes to tell you, oh, by the way, Abraham, you're going to be a father. <laughs> you, you talk about a, a problem. <laughs> There's not very many hundred-year-old men that are able to father anything. And yet God waits until this impossible moment And Abraham's looking at his own human limitations, his own problem. And he's thinking, wow, God, do you really understand what you're saying? I'm not sure he said that, but I would probably have thought that. God, are you sure you meant what you said? Do you understand how old I am? But here's the point. Your problem is not a problem to God. That when God speaks to you, whether you're a hundred years old or a hundred thousand years old, your problem is not God's problem. And so when you live by faith and you understand as Abraham that God is able even of a dead man to raise up seed, if that be the case tonight. And and so Abraham is a hundred years old when God makes him this promise to bless him with a child. He called him a father, but he had never actually said to him, okay, Abraham, this is your problem, fixing to be a father. hundred years old. That's a problem. But it's not a problem for God. God sent me tonight to talk to somebody here that's been dealing with some problems in your own life that have gotten so big you don't see any way in the world around them or through them. But understand this, that when you're living by faith, your problem is not a problem for God. I don't care if he's as mean as a junkyard dog. I don't care what the boss says. I don't care what the bank says. When God is in control, God can supersede. God can make a way where there is no way. Amen. I'm I'm standing on that tonight. Not just on that promise, but I'm standing in this. This building in itself is nothing short of God's hand at work in a people proving to them what He could do and what He would do if they would believe Him and just step out. What are you stepping out on? I'm stepping out on nothing. I've told you this before, but when I went to the bank, when we, we, we got this property, first of all, I didn't have any money when I bought it. Now you go figure that one out. I say, I, we did, as a, we didn't have any money to buy it, but we made an offer on it and we, and they accepted our offer. So I had to scramble around and find somebody to loan me $125,000. That's not always easy, but we got that secured. And then we went to the bank and I showed him these drawings that I had, I, I wrote out on a, Napkin at IHOP 
restaurant and gave it to my brother. And I said, I want you to draw plans for this building right here. <laughs> I took those plans, not on a napkin. I took them, these plans in there. And, and this, he, he's the president of the bank. He looks at these plans and he, he looks at me and, and, and he's listening to everything I'm telling him. And he said, and now tell me again, how, how much money do, do you want? And I told him we needed $300,000. That included the 125000 to pay back the loan on the property. He looked at those plans and he looked at the dimension of that building. He looked back at me and he said, now can you, I, I just want to make sure I understand. How much money did you say you needed? I said, well, I might need more than this, but all we can pay for is 300000 <laughs> And I have no idea other than the fact he might have felt sorry for me why he would have done. But he said, okay, all right. And so we started. Now, people, I wouldn't recommend that. That's not the way to do it. But sometimes life pushes you to a place where that's the only option you have. But this is one thing that I have found to be true with God. My problem is not a problem for God. I don't care how big it is. I don't care what the doctors called it. I don't care what anybody else has named it to be. My problem is not a problem to God. And so when God began to speak to Abraham, God's essentially saying, Abraham, don't worry about being a hundred. I'm going to take care of that. And he did. Now, that's not the only problem he has. He has a wife that has been barren all of her life. This must have been a new problem. This, this barrenness didn't crop up because God made a promise to Abraham. She had been barren for years or they would have already had a child. And so now, we're not dealing with just a problem We're dealing with life's circumstances that are not always fair. Why does God bless one family? They have more kids than they know what to do with. And people that want kids can't have kids. I I never have understood that. People that abuse kids and mistreat them and and they can have kids by the dozens. I, I never, that's never made sense. And yet when God looked at Sarah in her circumstance, he said, no problem. It's it's, it's nothing. Your circumstances don't intimidate God. Forty years, Sarah was 90 years old. She had been that way for a long time, folks. And I don't care how long you've been dealing with some circumstances in your life or your family. I'm here to tell you tonight that your circumstances are not a problem for God when you step out on faith and say, you know what? I am going to believe God that He's going to be able to handle my circumstances. And what happened? God broke that barrenness in her life after all those years. And now they have a baby. Only God can do stuff like that. You can't make that kind of story up. But that's what happens 
when people understand the, the priority of living by faith. That's why it's so important that regularly you go back to this book and you read this book because that's where faith comes from. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It's when you go back and you read that, you come away from it. And when you look at life now, it doesn't look as intimidating. It doesn't look as overwhelming. It doesn't look as mean. It doesn't look as vicious. It doesn't look as impossible. When you're looking through God's lens, you realize that all things are possible to him that believes that with God nothing shall be impossible. That he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you should ask or think. Amen. Amen. I'm talking about faith that works. Faith that doesn't stagger. It's not shaken by all of these things, circumstances, problems. Amen. God's strength is superior to all of that. Faith. In, 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 in that circumstance, that kind of faith is what made the difference. Faith like that will also allow you to worship when you really don't know anything other than to give honor to God. That's what Abel did. Amen. We don't read anywhere where he was instructed to do what he did. Maybe, maybe Adam taught him. I don't know, but isn't it strange? that the book of faith does not begin with Adam and Eve. It begins with their children. What happened? What's wrong with that picture? Evidently, Adam and Eve, evidently they forgot about living by faith. I don't know. You want to, that's just, that's just Hughes' musing, so just put that wherever you want to put it, but it enabled it, it, it enabled Abel to worship God in the in the right way to bring the sacrifice that was that was needed. It it's not only enabling to Abel, but somehow it strengthened Enoch to walk with God in such a way that he would be pleased. Noah worked. Noah did what was needed to save his family. Abraham lived by faith. Moses governed by faith. Israel followed by faith. Joshua fought by faith. Gideon conquered by faith. David subdued kingdoms by faith. Daniel closed lions' mouths by faith. The Hebrew boys walked through fire by faith. Paul suffered by faith. Stephen died in faith. And by faith, We live and move. We have our being. Amen. You need faith that's bigger than the elements around you. You need to go back to the book of faith and read again what happens when you believe God. Amen. It works, church. It works. Stand with me, if you will. Amen. Going back to the book of Hebrews 11... Go back and read it again and again. And you're challenged by what the writer said. I love the translations that I read. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. 
It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd. Amen. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. We know that on the basis of reliable testimony that before he was taken, he pleased God. It is impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that He exists and that He cares enough to respond to those who seek Him. You know what I believe needs to happen tonight? I believe some of us need to get these this, this lens right here and start looking at our present situation through this lens. Make a world of difference no matter what your problems are, no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what you're having to deal with. You'll walk away from it. We got this. Amen. I can live through this. Sometimes you just have to suffer. Not all faith delivered. There was some faith that just kept them standing. When the pressure was on them, they didn't bend or bow or break. They just kept on. God, help us to have that kind of faith. Reach over and take somebody by the hand right now and let's pray together. Holy Ghost, we need you tonight. I need you right now, Lord, more than I've ever needed you. The circumstances of life, the problems that we're facing that are so great and so intimidating and so overpowering. God, we know that with you nothing is impossible. We know, Lord, that through you anything can be done. I'm asking you right now, Lord, to touch the eyes and the hearts and the minds of your people and spite of their word tonight and cause them to live in spite of their circumstances, in spite of their problems. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it with me. I have no problem that God cannot solve. And I live in no circumstance that God doesn't have a remedy for. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings tonight. Thank you for your word. Never dies, ever living word that lifts us up when we're down, that when we feel like giving up, we go back to it and our our eyes engage someone who stood, who withstood, who held on, who did not crumble, didn't bow, they didn't bend or break, and you preserved them in the fire of affliction. You kept them, Lord, so that even the smell of smoke was not on them. God, if you could do that for those, you can do it for us. There's nothing that's too hard for you, Lord. There is no problem that we're dealing with that you don't have a remedy for right now. God, I'm asking you to touch somebody in this building that's struggling right now. They're struggling. They're having a hard time because their circumstances and their problems are all that they see. That's all that life has become is one big problem. God, would you help touch them tonight? Take them through your word one more time, Lord, 
and allow them to look through the lens of that word at their problems. All of a sudden, they begin to realize that it's it's not impossible. Amen. It's not too hard for God. Hallelujah. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen. I challenge you over the next seven days, read Hebrews 11 once a day and see if it doesn't change your perspective on your life problems. Amen. Go back and read it every morning and watch it transform the way you feel. Amen. Turn to somebody right now and say, I've got the Holy Ghost. And I've also got faith in God. Amen. Amen. Oh, yes. Faith in God. It works. It works. It works. It works. Amen. God bless you tonight. Thank you for being here.